This is an irregularly regular podcast recorded on the various lands of First Nations peoples that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It is the air that is breathed and the water that nourishes and provides, but ownership of land remains unresolved. Respects are paid to elders past and present in the ongoing quest for self-determination and reclamation of land. Welcome to the latest instalment of the Wherever the Fuck This Is podcast, starring me, M. I thought on this occasion I would just record me, purely because I couldn't find anyone else at short notice, and plus I decided to just do a recording on Spur of the Moment. I'm a few episodes in, and up until this point it's been a fortnightly recording, but seeing as how I'm getting used to the machinery uh, when using the podcasts, uh, I thought I might give it a crack and and do one a week after the the last podcast. So it's just me. I'm hoping that I don't err on the side of Creepy Lone Wolf in this episode when I have a bit of a talk. Maybe I can start by sharing the reason why I've started doing a podcast. I guess it's been mainly something that I've been wanting to do for a little while now. I've tried a few attempts at a podcast with other people. Hasn't quite taken for whatever reasons. And this time around I've decided to start a project where I'm effectively steering it. Uh, I'm more inclined to be asking for a second person to accompany me in the podcast whilst talking. But I'm feeling like maybe upon occasion here and there... I'll do a one-person show, and this is my first attempt at doing that. So what is this podcast going to be about? Well, in previous podcasts I've tried, uh, there's always been elements of geekery, humour, politics, uh, stuff that's basically within my comfort zone, really. (laughs) What still remains outside the comfort zone, though, is trying to get the podcast tech to work, and, and also trying to come up with something that's going to be at least half meaningful and coherent upon providing some sort of outlay into the interwebs. So I don't think I'll stray too far from previous work and previous projects. What I might try to do something that is new on this time, uh, on this occasion, is to interview different people and also check in with some people regularly. One person who I'd like to podcast regularly, his name's John, an old uni mate. We might look to catch up with John um, in the near future and see how he's going. Otherwise, uh, I've been looking to do a couple of one-off interviews and I might like to try to find other people to do interviews as well, obviously. It's at this point where I'm hoping for a bit of community interactivity. I've set up a Facebook site where I'm hoping to to get a bit of traffic and and people's feedback and involvement. I'm I'm not adverse to suggestions. So in fact, I've had a few suggestions now on who I should be interviewing, and um, I feel like I've been able to to line up a few into the future. 
the demand's been such, though, that I think a fortnightly podcasting episode effort uh, might not necessarily be able to be keeping up with demand. So this is why I'm attempting to push myself to try to get up to a weekly frequency. But we'll see how um, how well I can do that. Because uh, the other thing as well is that I'm, I'm attempting to complete a thesis. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm trying everything in, in dozens and, and spades of dozens at the moment. So this, this particular thesis that I'm, that I'm looking to finish, it's part of a master's, um, which I had a chat about with John in, in our episode. But yeah, getting the thesis finished is um, resulting in my proverbial nose being put against the grindstone. But I still have a few weeks left of that. And once I can get that out of the way, perhaps I can put more energy into the podcast and ergo perhaps make a regular commitment to providing a weekly podcast feature. One other thing that I've noticed that I've been particularly tidy with with the podcast episodes is trying to keep it within time. I'm set a personal goal of trying to keep podcast episodes within 20 to 30 minutes, but um, unfortunately I haven't been the the best referee in terms of time. But for me, uh, an achievement right now is actually trying to get something that's up and running. Um, So for me, it's, it's a bit of a tech learning curve, so I'm quite happy just to faff about and um, and see where things might go in terms of quality and also keeping things within time I suppose but you tell me what would be a good um, good adequate uh, duration of time for an episode I'm kind of feeling like um, perhaps 20 to 30 minutes per episode just enough to, to keep people aware informed entertained preoccupied but at the same time not dragging things on to the point where it's like ah fucking hell what am I doing with my life this is triggering me, an existential crisis in me. Why am I listening to this podcast? And so forth. So I'm thinking that <laughs> perhaps between 20 and 30 minutes is uh, the sweet spot, as it were. I'll see where I go in terms of trying to keep up having chatter in this particular episode because one thing I am noticing immediately is that when you're just by yourself and when you're having a bit of a chat, um, particularly when it's 10 o'clock at night, one does tend to feel quite self-conscious, but we will try to ignore those voices while just trying to focus on this particular voice that I am trying to project onto the interwebs. I think I mentioned earlier what uh, this podcast is is going to um, gravitate around. Um, politics, geekery, nerd shit, and checking in with people and pop culture. I think that's the the genuine mix there. I'm still lost to find an exact name that basically captures the vibe and intention of what I'm doing. That's where I'm particularly interested in getting some some ideas from people and what to call it. So far, the suggestions have involved things like political geekery, urban chatter, lefty boganism. (laughs) Uh, I'm not too much a fan of that one. Uh, oh yeah, and Thorn in my side. <laughs> That's funny because my surname's Thorn. <laughs> so there's been a few ideas, but uh, keep coming in with the suggestions on the on the Facebook group. Uh, I think what I might do shortly is actually put it to a poll and see what people would like to vote on. So for people listening um, right now, if they'd like to start having a bit of a think about what name to to give this podcast. 
Without the swears, please, because uh, I think I'll just save the swears for each episode because if you use too many swears, they lose their power. So that will be something I hope that will be um, germinated within the next uh, couple of few episodes to, to actually have a name for this thing. And maybe from there, it's like people have a clearer sense of what the hell this is actually about and perhaps uh, check in a bit more and become very familiar. So that's been uh, enough nattering about what, um, what, I'm, what my intentions are with this particular podcast and, and where I'd like to go with it. I'm hoping that provides a clearer idea of what um, I'm, I'm looking to, to do and hopefully that, that provides some meaning and idea for, for potential listeners and, and people already listening and listening hopefully avidly. Maybe uh, to share something that, um, that I've been doing during the week outside of thesis and work is that uh, I got a letter from the Attorney General, one Christian Porter from the Conservative government at Commonwealth level. Why I got a letter from Christian Porter is because I went on a bit of a wild goose chase to um, to try to find out what's going on with the idea of contact tracing. When one visits cafes or restaurants at the moment, uh, people might notice that when they sit in, uh, if a cafe and a restaurant is doing the right thing, they will ask for your personal details. So if somebody or if yourself or if somebody in the cafe has contracted COVID, then those details will be used as part of a greater contact tracing mechanism uh, to find out exactly what the the nature of the COVID movements are and who might else be potentially infected and thereby minimising potential spread through any controls based upon the tracing data. So anyway... You go to a cafe or a restaurant and you're meant to write your shit down. That's all fine with me, but what I am noticing going to your loose cafe or restaurant is that there isn't really so good uh, control over that information. Uh, Your typical fare is when you rock up to a cafe or a restaurant and uh, as soon as you reach the front counter, you see a big book wide open full of people's numbers and addresses and whatnot. Uh, I'm a bit uncomfortable with that, um, particularly when uh, I'm making my order and also prompted to, to write my particulars down upon after making my order. I particularly hate it when um, when I don't see anything and then upon making the order and even going as far as making the transaction, when people pull out the, the big contract for tracing Bible on me and shazam, you can see everyone's contact details um, not that um, it's too juicy for me, but I, I just feel that could be a bit more transparency, particularly after when everyone was particularly paranoid about the idea of privacy and information retention and all that sort of stuff before the pandemic hit. I'm I'm hopefully thinking that um, it's still there's still some agency, despite the crises that the pandemic is presenting, where there still is the ability to protect privacy particularly when the, there is stuff as sensitive as sharing mobile phone numbers and email addresses because, I mean, it it's, tends to be a bit of a quest to actually get the number off someone to get a date out of them, right? Uh, that doesn't necessarily happen readily. <laughs> I, I guess maybe it depends on what pickup line you use, but it just seems like there's a, there's a real genuine freewheeling going on when just when having to disclose your personal information when just sitting down for a meal or a coffee. Anyway, how I try to resolve this is through the usual channels, um, doing a 
male Karen and having a chat with um, the owner of the cafe, uh, which didn't get me very far. And then having a chat with the owner of the, the shopping complex, which I will of the shopping complex of the place that I attend. The owner said that they're doing everything they can within the laws, which I accept because after having a chat with said owner of shopping centre, I did a bit of research myself and found that um, the law behind controlling and recording contract tracing info in hospitality sites is not the most transparent and it's not the most accessible. Uh, So that meant to become a bit of a political issue for me in terms of how I can get more clarity. So I started off with my local state member. My state member referred me to federal because when it comes to privacy, that seems to be a bit more of a federal thing. And then after a couple more moments of shunting um, through lettering and emailing, I eventually find quite somewhat mundanely honourable Mr Porter, who I would say also, by the way, um, is particularly famous for his shift as uh, the minister looking after Centrelink. And I think he was also the minister at the time when um, the robo-debt stuff was happening. I think that's, that wasn't exactly the best impression left with me, which has led to my latest encounter with Mr Porter regarding this privacy stuff. But, you know, to his end, uh, it seems, according to ScoMo, he did a good enough job on the Centrelinks where he got a promotion to becoming Attorney General. So that means he gets to preside over a variety of laws now, uh, which includes privacy. So Mr. Porter, Christian Porter, he sends me a letter back telling me that um, this is the options that I need to take in terms of resolving this privacy issue. One is that um, I can present my case to the Privacy Commission, but it's still a bit of a quandary in that he said that there's an amount of uh, responsibilities that still lie with state But here I was having a chat with State and State is telling me that it's a federal issue. So you can see where where things are going at this point where it's like hot potato, hot potato. And that is nothing out of the normal, particularly as a community worker when you're trying to work out exactly which service you need to go to to meet the need of the client of which you're attempting to advocate and refer for. So... That's as far as I got, and that was the letter that Mr. Porter gave me, his um, uh, solid, apparently solid advice in terms of how to resolve the privacy. To me, uh, that also evidently exposed the boundaries and the limits of good government in terms of resolving issues such as this. There is law there, apparently, but there still seems to be confusion over where the law stands, where the jurisdictions lie, and how safe it is to actually drink your coffee or have a meal without A, contracting COVID, and B, knowing that Trenchcoat Doug is not going to get your mobile number after you eat your meal or drink your coffee. So that's, uh, I feel like I've gone as far as I can with sending a, a, a letter or receiving a letter from, from Mr. Porter regarding these issues. I, I don't think this is something that's exactly going to move a whole bunch of people onto the streets. I mean, like how many trench coat dugs there are there out there, you know? Not many. And, and I feel like the creepy guy in the trench coat uh, movement in itself kind of died out by the 70s and 80s, by the time VHS became the thing. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching this show called The Juice. It's been giving me a very, um, very creative and colourful history over the, the pornography happenings that happened in New York City and the interrelations that happened between sex workers, the mob, and 
regular hospitality workers in terms of everyone taking part in a, a burgeoning entertainment industry within New York. Everyone wanted a piece of the pie. But anyway, I digress. So I, I really don't know how to, um, to address Trenchcoat Joe and Trenchcoat Doug in their movements within these COVID times. I think uh, if there has been one small victory is that I've noticed that I, I go down to my local shopping centre and um, one of the shops there have taken heed as to um, my concerns and they've set it up quite nicely. It's like there's a box and you can't see into the box um, and then you write your particulars onto a ticket and then you put it into the box and it's that easy and no must, no fuss and then you can have your coffee or your lunch. So that's all I'm pretty much asking for, and it's not rocket surgery. It's just basically a way of just make, making sure that you participate within the contact tracing process. And there's some assurance in return from your cafe owner that, or your restaurateur that um, your information will be secure or your private information will be secure. So I'll continue going back to that cafe at least. Other places that aren't necessarily abiding to, to what was requested or or what seems to be um, supposed to be a, a response or follow or something that's happening in process with the, in train with law, I'm just going to keep dogging those places. You know, maybe that's the way it is, and maybe that is something that um, that people might catch on to themselves, particularly if the trench coat movement does make a comeback. I have seen stranger things happen within this pandemic thus far. I think what I might do is um, actually give myself a pat on the back and say that um, that I actually, for once, have actually hit the mark in terms of recording something of suitable length. Where to from here? Well, I, I think I might keep doing the podcast episodes on a weekly basis and, and try to aim towards that tweet spot for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, hopefully that's enough to keep people's, keep people's attention. Um, while at the same time not scaring them off through overkill and oversaturation of podcasting coverage. But keep checking in with me, keep pod, keep Facebooking me, keep telling me what you're interested in, and let's keep up the chatter um, because I want this to be an interactive community thing. I, I feel like this is a new channel, and might be intended, um, towards how I can do my activism. And uh, as it is an activist project. Uh, this is one that is to be shared with other people because we're going to try and find an outcome collectively, right? That's the only way that uh, we can really get anywhere as a class. So uh, on that note, I might say goodbye and uh, I'll check in most likely with an offsider next time and uh, go back to what is now the standard process of doing interviews on this particular podcast show, whatever name it might be. Thank you.